in this episode of the Natural Alpha Podcast. Now, certain vegetables have muscle-building compounds to them, but it's not because of their protein content. It's actually because of their anti-estrogen content. So a lot of guys are missing out on hypertrophy gains, on muscle gains, because they're not utilizing these other rep ranges. And they really should because there's so much value in it. So we know that stretching induces protein synthesis. So when you do it at this time of day, you really, really set yourself up for some good gains. Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is the podcast where we take natural biofundamentals and hacks and show you how to incorporate them into your lifestyle for supernatural results in things like health, muscle building, fat loss, and hormone optimization. So thanks again for tuning in, and now let's get to today's show. All right, so in today's show, we're going to be talking about the best vegetables to gain muscle, the best rep ranges to gain muscle, and uh, what is the best time of day to do your stretching. So all this is coming up in today's show, so stick around. Okay, so the first thing that we are going to be talking about is the best vegetables for gaining muscle. Now, this isn't because of the protein content or anything like that. It's more about these vegetables having an anti-estrogenic effect on the body, particularly by way of something called indole-3-carbonyl. Um, so there's different types of estrogens in the body. There's a 2-hydroxy, a 4-hydroxy, and 16-hydroxy estrogens. Now, 2-hydroxy estrogen is not that bad, and it's also the, easily, the most easiest to be excreted from the body. So what we really want to do by making use of these vegetables is take some of the, the higher hydroxy estrogens, get them to transform into the 2-hydroxy, and then have them excreted out of the body. So how indole-3-carbonyl works is by neutralizing excess natural and environmental estrogens by way of an enzyme called CYP1A2, and that goes to the liver for phase 1 and phase 2 detoxification. But what it also does is it also, like I said, converts those higher hydroxy estrogens into the 2-hydroxy, so it's a lot easier for the body to get rid of it. And also what this does is it decreases the level of SHBG, which is steroid hormone binding globulin. So what this does is steroid hormone binding globulin bounds up your free testosterone so that it can't get into your cells. So you actually want lower levels of that. So things that are high in indole-3-carbonyl are very important for optimizing your testosterone levels. So what are these things in particular they're vegetables of the brassica family so these are things like brussels sprouts kale cabbage broccoli greens it could be spinach mustard collard greens uh, rutabagas and turnips right so cruciferous vegetables and remember you got to get them organic because there's no sense in getting these vegetables that have these compounds and then they're just sprayed with a bunch of estrogens anyways, because that's what how pesticides work, right? There's xenoestrogens. They disrupt the hormone cycle of the pest, of the bug. It's basically like, like spraying um, uh, like a, like birth control pills, right? Now, you're eating that, and they say, well, you know, it's, it's in such small amounts that it's not going to affect humans, but the cumulative effect, it's you're going to accumulate all of these xenoestrogens into your body. Okay, so make sure that you're getting organic. 
You know, some honorable mentions too are mushrooms because mushrooms have anti-aromatization properties. What What is aromatization? So aromatization is when the body takes testosterone and turns it into estrogen. So there's an enzymatic process that happens there. So that's obviously a bad thing. So it does this by decreasing what's called MCF7 uh, receptor sites in cells. But anyways, all you need to know is that mushrooms stop allowing testosterone to get transferred into estrogen. Okay, also garlic and onions are great because of the flavanol quercetin. What this does is on, on your cells, you actually have receptors for estrogen too, and the quercetin basically blocks those cells so any estrogen can't get in there. So hopefully then the estrogen gets excreted as long as you have clean detoxification systems, it'll just excrete it right out of the body. So anyways, that is first topic, which is best vegetables for gaining muscle. Okay. So again, they're Brussels sprouts, kale, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, all kinds of greens, rutabagas, turnips, honorable mentions are mushrooms, garlic, and onion. So that should be like your weekly grocery list, right? If you're a guy or even a girl trying to gain some strength, gain some muscle and losing body fat. And again, make sure that it's always organic. Hi guys, I just wanted to jump in and say thanks again for listening or if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. It would really help me out to help other people if you would subscribe and leave a comment and let me know how you're enjoying the show and what other content you would like to hear. Okay, let's get back to the show. Okay. All right. Next topic today. I want to talk about the best rep range for hypertrophy. And I got news for you, there isn't actually one range, okay? Um, but let's talk about the typical rep ranges. Typically there's a one to five, then there's a six to 12, and then there's like 13 and beyond, or particularly 13 to 20, if you're still talking about weight training and not weight or endurance training. Now, when you're working with a one to five rep range, and when I say that, I mean like at five, you're failing. When I say six to 12, I mean at any of those reps, you're failing, so you're hitting failure. But at one to five, it's a more neural recruitment of the myofilaments and, and you're more under a load stress, okay? With six to 12 rep range, there's mechanical micro tears that happen. The myofilaments are under less load stress, uh, but more time under tension. Now, with the higher rep ranges, 13 to 20, there's more of something called capillarization or blood flow. Um, this also has uh, lactic acid principle of hypertrophy. And what this does is it expands the fascial envelope of that muscle. So the muscle is wrapped in something that sort of looks like saran wrap that we call fascia. Um, but when you do this type of training, you expand the fascia, you expand the muscle so that muscle growth is not restricted. So those proteins that are trying to build are, are not restricted, okay? As well as it does something called mitochondrial biogenesis. Now mitochondria are, they do lots of things. They're known as the, um, the energy centers of the cells, but they actually do a whole bunch of other things. They produce hormones and all sorts of things, right? So, but here's the thing. All of those things will cause the muscle to be, to grow bigger they will all cause hypertrophy. It's just the typical six to 12 rep range is sort of 
the one that's in the middle that sort of does all three a little bit. Uh, but if you're not training heavy and you're not training light, you're not going to get the optimum amount of the other types of hypertrophy. So that's why I suggest you use all rep ranges sort of exclusively, whether it's in a single workout. So like a single workout, you're doing one to five or a program, right? Uh, maybe you'll do a heavy program for a month. So you'll work with one to five reps and then you'll do like a, a program of six to 12 reps and then a program of uh, 13 to 20. Um, or you can do them all three in one workout, which I like to do sometimes. So I'll do my heavy compound lifts first, anywhere from one to five, then I'll do some accessory work that's six to 12, and then I'll finish with a couple of sets of uh, high rep stuff, right? But the studies show that there's actually major hypertrophy benefits in all of those rep ranges. So don't just stick with the classic and sort of dogmatic where it's six to 12 reps or eight to 12 is another common one. Um, use all three. And if you go to uh, a website called Stronger by Science, there's a guy named Greg Knuckles, super smart. He did a great meta analysis of all of these hypertrophy studies, which is like a, a, an analysis of all of all these analyses. And he, he clearly shows in in his analysis that there's there's huge hypertrophy benefits to all of these rep ranges so if you're looking to get jacked don't just be stuck in you know back in the 90s where it was like 8 to 12 reps or 6 to 12 reps and that's the best rep range okay it's just sort of the mid-range where it, it does all three the the neural stress the mechanical stress on the proteins and the blood flow all in one but by using them exclusively, you're gonna get a lot more out of each type of, uh, or each method of hypertrophy, okay? And it's also say, it's why I say like CrossFit athletes are so jacked, and they really are. Um, I mean, drugs aside or whatever, but uh, the, they use all types of training. They use heavy, moderate and, and high rep training, right? And just look at them. They're incredibly jacked, right? Uh, okay, so that's it for that. Number three, stretching. So stretching is something that I find that people don't do enough, number one, in the gym. But I'll tell you, I feel like the best time of day to do it anyways is at night particularly in bed at night like just before you go to bed and why is this okay so number one it has a greater effect if you do it just before you go to sleep because after you stretch you're not going back to sit in a chair to shorten those hip flexors and hamstrings again and to get into that bad posture, that bad hunker down posture, right? You're lying down in an outstretched position going to sleep. So you're not ruining the stretching effect by going back and basically putting yourself into a bad shortened posture and shortening those muscles that you just stretched, okay? So that's the first one. The second thing, the second benefit of stretching 
in bed at night is that you will actually grow more muscle. Now, why would you grow more muscle if you stretched at night? Well, stretching mus muscle and fascia, which I talked about earlier, creates an increase in protein synthesis. So protein synthesis happens mainly during sleep. So it's like giving a boost to that natural process. Okay, so it, it does this because there's what's called piezoelectric currents on that fascia, and it sends messages to the brain to basically create a repair process, which is why people do encourage you to do it directly after a workout so you can start the recovery process. But I'll tell you, the recovery process happens mainly at night while you're sleeping anyway. So if you don't get around to it right after your training session, don't worry, as long as you do it at night. So what I like to do is actually whatever group of muscles I've trained that day, I will make sure that I stretch those group of muscles that night in bed. Um, so you don't have to do a full body stretch, even though it's probably a good idea, especially the older you get, the more mobility you need. But anyways, make sure you stretch those particular muscles that you just trained that day at night before you go to bed to create a greater protein synthesis response and a greater repair response and thus a greater growth response. Okay, number three, you will get a way better sleep. Okay, so stretching acts like a natural adaptogen. If you don't know what an adaptogen is, there's, there's lots of herbs that are adaptogens. Um, the big one is ashwagandha. But basically, without getting into too much Eastern philosophy uh, and, and medicine, like I discussed that piezoelectric current, it, it basically has information that it carries, okay? Intelligent information. So if you stretch during the day, it will relax you initially, but then it will actually give you greater energy if you have a task to do during the day. Um, if you do it at night, it will relax you initially, but then induce a deeper sleep as well. Okay. Um, and you know how important sleep is for your gains based on my last show and what I talked about. So that is why those are three major reasons why I like to stretch at night in bed. Okay. All right, guys, I want to thank you for watching today's show, and we'll see you next time. Stay strong. Guys, thanks for listening. I hope you can take today's content and apply it to your life to make a stronger version of yourself. I really do. If so, it would really help me out if you guys could follow me on Apple or Google Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on, really. And leave a review as well. And let me know how I'm doing and what other topics you'd like to hear about. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Natural Alpha. And thanks again. I appreciate you guys. Stay strong and we'll talk soon.